A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Mad Singers. Now, Mads, this is your second time on the show. The first time was about how to manage a team, um, and I was doing it all wrong. I looked, I watched that episode again the other day and realized I'm doing it much more right now than I was, but I'm still not doing it 100% right in terms of what we should have been doing. We've been adapting to that, moving from tasks and processes to roles and responsibilities. We've made exactly. that leap, uh, and it's slightly scary, I think, for everybody, including me. So everyone on the team is slightly slightly uneasy about it, but it's going pretty well so far. And today I wanted to, A, look at that a little bit, but also look at building a team rather than just a group of coworkers, because I think we've started to become a team, or we definitely have started to become a team. And up until maybe the, the last three or four months, it seemed to be just a group of coworkers. And I think that's incredibly important because it's, sh it's shown me at least how much more fun it is working and how much more productive everybody is and how much happier everybody is. Yes, totally, and totally. That's what you're going to teach me. That, that sounds fantastic, Jason. Let's get into it. Right, okay, we'll start off with the brand SERP. I always start off with the brand SERP, and I looked up Mad Singers on Google, as is my want, and it comes up with Mad Singers Management Consulting. Um, there was actually a screen before that when I looked at Mad Singers and it says, do you want to know about or see results about? And it comes here. And I wanted to show this because Google Maps has now moved out of the Google Business Profile. And that looks much more like a knowledge panel on the right-hand side with the map on the left-hand side. This is an experiment Google are currently running. And I think it looks great. I actually really like this. It makes much more sense to me because it makes the business appear to be more professional and the map is a secondary option in the left-hand rail. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I think it, it looks good. Um, I wish I was living in London, but uh, besides that, no, I don't but is actually. Your, but is your company based in London? Yeah, I probably have a location or something in Google Maps or who, who knows. Oh, right. Uh, okay. I, I thought it was your main office, but you're in Vietnam. I, I, I am all over the place. Uh, I don't really have any offices with, with the coaching business, so... Um, right. But Google, Google is welcome to put me anywhere. And it has. It, it, it's taking liberties. And you've got a, a conference there in uh, in a few months, in end of February, beginning of March. Yeah, end of February, beginning of March, we are running the SEO Mastery Summit, which is uh, the first conference for a long time here in Vietnam. Uh, so we are yeah, bringing everything together and uh, getting lots of people up. Uh, from all around the world, so Australia, Europe, US, everyone's coming here. We have lots of amazing speakers. So we have Charles Floyd, Matt Diggity, uh, Kyle Roof, some of a lot of very, very, very great speakers. Um, so right. a lot to learn for everyone, and uh, excited for that. Brilliant. Well, I'm I'm coming along on my way to the Philippines for a team meeting, a team meeting that you advised. Uh, indirectly. You inspired me to think this is a good thing to do, and you've helped us out with the organization. So I'm going to go to Vietnam, then on to the Philippines, to have a, a big team meeting on the beach. Perfect. Is that a good I mean, idea for, for building teams on the beach? Yeah, that's that's totally okay. Uh, I, I think the, the key thing, again, depending on where you bring a team together and depending on the size and so on, right, you just need to find something that works for the team. So depending on where in the world, you know, sometimes people are comfortable with certain things. Sometimes it's it's different scenarios. So right. like in US and Europe, you're used to certain, let's call it luxuries. Whereas uh, particularly when you have a team in Asia, you can often get by with, with doing things 
uh, in a little bit simpler way, right? So mm-hmm. one of the things when I've done t- team buildings with my team, like they 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 love you know all getting together in a house and cooking together and doing things, and right. they, they they love the social activity of doing that. Which you know you're not gonna get the ten European co- co-workers together in the house and seeing them all standing there cooking and stuff. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't, but in in most cases that would not be the sort of thing people would find fun, right? Oh right. So, oh, I would. I'd, I'd definitely be up for a big cooking fest in a in a shared house with a team of people that I like. But yeah. and that's one of the problems with remote teams. And here's, here I'm coming to the remote team aspect. Is we have a team of people, most of whom have never met each other. Yep. And that makes it kind of slightly uncomfortable because it means everyone's thinking, well, I'm not sure I'm actually going to like them when I meet them. What's it going to be like? Am I going to feel uncomfortable? Uh, what are the solutions to that? It probably won't feel like that for the team. Um, oh, right, just me. <laughs> I, I think it's just you uh, in this case, right? Um, so, again, Filipinos generally are, are super kind and, and nice people and so on, right? And they, they like bonding together and they, they enjoy that a lot, right? So, I'll, I'd say you, you probably shouldn't worry too much about the team because they're, uh, I mean, they're, they're the nicest people on the planet generally. Um, so, from that okay, point of view, it's, 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 uh, it's usually good. So, I, I know very few people who have had those kind of gets together in the Philippines or Asia somewhere and, and not had a good experience from that point of view. So, well, Okay, so it's a very European standpoint to think, oh, everyone's going to stand around looking embarrassed. Yeah. I mean, people, oh, okay. people will definitely be a bit shy initially and so on, right? But uh, again, they love playing games, love, again, as I said, cooking, doing anything social together oh, is, is, is usually a great way to get things going, so... Right, yeah, and then the kind of playing games and activities aspect of it as a European, I think, oh, I might feel a bit embarrassed or I might feel a bit out of place, and that doesn't appear to be the case. Joanne has said, I've got a whole set of games we can organise on the beach, it, which is brilliant. It, I mean, so, again, this is where delegation is great, right? So Yeah, I don't uh, have to organise it. Which is If people come up bad. with ideas, they'll just... If someone say, hey, let's play some games, you say, hey, that sounds great. What about you organise it, right? You take care of it and, and so on, so... Um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Right, yeah. No, I, so I did that aspect, right, is somebody says, I can organize some games, and that's great because I couldn't do that. Um, yeah. So it's, it's delegating responsibilities in something that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing in this particular case. And coming yeah. back to delegating responsibilities, we had a very task and process-based system. And actually, for me, saying to somebody, now you take it over completely and I don't even want to look at it, I feel a little bit uneasy. And okay. that's normal. And you kind of think, oh, I can't let it go wrong. But you can let it go wrong, can't you? Well, here's the thing. The time that you're not spending checking up on everything, yeah. what are you using that time on? I'm going down to the beach and, and lazing around in the sun. No, actually not at all. I'm writing FAQs and articles and courses and creating the content that describes what it is CaliCube does, which is knowledge panel management and brand optimization, which is a new niche. So it gives me time to actually create the content that explains this and research it so it's brilliant i'm super happy but i'm still nervous right so so but that's the thing even if people make mistakes the whole point is that the other things you get the time to do Mm. those things are more valuable than the things that they can potentially make a mistake in right so the whole point is when, when people go wrong with delegation is they look at things and they're like oh no if someone else is doing that they might make a mistake 
And, and here's the thing, the way you learned it was making mistakes and then you figured stuff out, right? right. But, but fundamentally, and that's how everyone learns. Like I always say the same thing, but everyone in SEO who are successful today, no one became sex successful by be being given a pile of processes and say, do this thing. Right. No one who is making good money were trained that way. So the way people are trained, often some processes, some some here's how you do some things and stuff is great. But the fundamental is you need to make some mistakes. You need to have ownership and you need to try and have to figure stuff out. Right. Right. And and, and how, how do I deal with people who are nervous about taking that responsibility? They think, oh, I might get this wrong and, and, and I'll look foolish or I'll be disliked or I might lose my job. How do I deal with that? Uh, show them trust. Okay. Uh, so, so again, a lot of the time when you communicate and when you're talking with people, right? Uh, fundamentally, like the way the company grows is for you to be able to do the things you're doing now. It's mm -hmm. to do the higher value things that no one else can do than you, uh, mm -hmm. or no one else in the company right now have the, the capability to do either for that because you can't afford to hire someone with the right skill set or whichever right mm -hmm. so so fundamentally it's a question of for the business to grow for the business to be successful what's required is that you have the time to do xyz and therefore the other things need to be managed by other people so again having the conversations with them and being honest and straightforward and saying i don't have the time to do this stuff uh, we need to make sure that you understand and you learn how to do it over time and I do realize that, you know, we'll make some mistakes. There'll be some issues and, you know, stuff will happen. But in the end of the day, I trust you. You are good at doing whatever you're doing. And I, I want you to be responsible for this, right? Right. And, and, over, and time, I, over time, you will become better at this than I've ever been. Yeah, and that's been happening now is uh, Katrina has been significantly better now at, at building sales funnels and sales pages. And I look at it, I'm going, I never would even come close to that, uh, yeah. which is absolutely wonderful. And how do you deal with remote workers who feel isolated when nobody's actually supporting them on a on a daily basis? Right. So are you are you doing one to ones with your team? Not very often, no. Right. That's a great Oh, question. that's a bad thing. I can tell from your tone of voice. That's a terrible <laughs> thing. <laughs> I've made a big goof. Go ahead and explain. Right. So uh, the, the key thing, so that there's two key meetings you have, you want to have, and one of them is the one-to-one -one meetings, and the other one is team meetings, right? So the one-to-one -one meetings, I, again, in my training, I have a sort of very in-depth role, but I'll, I'll go through the high level. But fundamentally, uh, the one-to-one -one meetings is generally weekly, and generally with anyone that reports directly to you. So right. one of the key things when you're the CEO of a company, ideally within one business, you would not want to have more than four, maybe five people reporting to you as the CEO, Oops. right? And one of the core reasons for that is the amount of time you have to spend with people, right? Obviously, the more people you're managing, the harder it is to spend a, a reasonable amount of time with each of those people, right? Right. So what, what I've been doing is, is having multiple people in a meeting about a specific set of roles because I kind of figure then everybody hears what's going on and it makes more sense than having one-on-one -on -one meetings. Are, are you saying I shouldn't have the multiple people in a, in a group meeting or that, that I should that, do all three now? That there's different kinds of meetings. 
So one-to-one -one meetings, very specifically, is about the employee, right? It's about, okay. one, you building a relationship with them so that, you know, they get to know you as the boss and you get to know them. You get to know who is the family, who is the dog, what do they care about, what, what's important to them, getting to know the staff, right? Uh, it's about talking about performance. So if you're talking about someone not performing well, you don't want to do that in a no. one-to-many meeting. You want to definitely do that on a one-to-one -one basis. Um, the more you can talk about performance on a regular basis, the more you help under, uh, help your staff understand what's important, mm. right? So so talking about the personality, talking about, you know, all, all the personal stuff, talking about performance and talking about development, you know, what are, what are they, what do they need to develop to perform in the job they have right now? And what are the development steps that they want to do for the future? Right. Brilliant. Well, I can actually, from just that explanation, I can see exactly what relationship aspects are missing with certain people in the team where I haven't done that enough or, or sometimes not at all. So that's already rubbish on my part. Uh, we're just going to go to the sponsors break, and then we're going to come back and talk about building a team, which was the, the topic of the day. Uh, could we have the, the video, Anton, for this, as always, third year produced in partnership with Wordlift, who are an amazing company based in Rome with the artificial intelligence you need to grow your traffic. Um, and we offer a knowledge panel service where you can get your knowledge panel. Anyone can have a knowledge panel, any company. We do the service for you. That team is run by the wonderful Elisa and her CaddyCube Pro team. She reports to me and the rest of the team don't. And I was talking to her assistant, Nell, the other day, and we had nothing to say to each other because I've got no idea what he does on a day-to-day -day basis. That's a good Perfect. sign, isn't it? Perfect. <laughs> You'll give me one good reason why I should not delegate this to you. I delegated to you yesterday. Uh, for the people on audio, Anton just put a cartoon on the screen, and it's actually pretty funny, so come and watch the video version to see that. Now, Mads, tell me how I can turn my group of co-workers at CaliCube into a real team. I think we've got on the first rung of that badder, but we haven't got very far. So how many staff did you say you have now? 11. 11, right. So well, 11, Sorry, 11 in the Philippines, plus Anton, plus Veronique in the south of France, who are both okay. part-time. Okay, so well, there's the another question. How do you how do you mix part and full time people? Sorry, excuse me, I'm getting off. Let, let, let's go through it. So, One question so, at a time. Sorry, Mads. Fun, fundamentally, the key thing is you're definitely managing too many people to effectively manage those individuals, right? right. So too many people. Uh, how many people are doing the same job? AKA, how many people are in roles that are where they're basically doing the same work? Um, two groups of two. Two groups of two, right. So, so everyone's got very different roles. Right, that's good. So the first thing for me, my, my first uh, sort of thing I started looking at, and I, I attempt to do that early when I grow a business, is when you start having multiple people doing the same work, one of those become the team leader or the manager mm -hmm. or whatever you call it. Because if you have two people that are doing the same work, you generally don't want to have to tell everything to two people all the time. Right, okay. So that's the key. Uh, the good thing about that is when you start early, when you start when there's only a couple of people, that teaches whoever you put into that role early on how to actually deal with someone else. Managing one person is easier than managing five. 
So if they start early on and they're managing one and maybe two people or whatever, uh, that's significantly easier than managing more people. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm getting pretty pretty drowned at the moment, and I'm realising that I'm totally overwhelmed. And as you say, eleven is is way too many. So in fact, I, I I tell a lie. We've got three different groups of two people. But what I'm hoping I can do is build up that kind of it, it is a hierarchy, unfortunately. But I think you have to have a hierarchy, otherwise you simply can't function. That idea of a flat organisation is impossible to maintain. Yeah. Yeah, it's not just about hierarchy for the sake of it, but it's about, again, organization, making sure things happen and so on, right? Uh, that That's key. Um, so fundamentally what you want to do is you want to start looking at your people. And, and in all businesses, pretty much all businesses around the world, at least Fortune 500, if you look at them, they're all set up the same way, right? So you yeah. have sales, marketing, sometimes separated. You have operations and you have finance. Like that, that's generally the three to four areas that there are. Occasionally, and, and, and the marketing comes under operations? No. Uh, sales and marketing occasionally oh, right. is in the same bucket. Uh, sometimes okay. it's separate. Uh, often they're separated. So often you have a sales team and a marketing team. Uh, operations, uh, finance, and occasionally you have sort of a CTO tech team, depending on what the type of company is, right? But that's typically the four to five companies, uh, the, the four to five major departments that every business right. has, right? So the, the, the goal for you at this point with so many people is probably starting to sit down and look at where does these people fit in, all right? And who within the group are in a position where they can become a manager or they can be someone that, that helps lead the rest of the team. Again, leading a team doesn't mean they have to know what to do. Right. Oh, really? But really. Uh, the biggest challenge, the biggest reason why most small businesses grow really, really slowly is because the business owner try to figure out how to do everything and then teach people. Um, mm. And that is the opposite of management. That is basically a freelancer building themselves a very glorified job. Right. Yeah, which is what I, I've been doing for years, and we're finally getting out of it. And, you know, I, I can honestly say, I mean, we built a team page a few weeks ago, yeah. and I, my text, I was writing my text about kind of what, how I feel about my job and what I'm doing. And I wrote, the thing I'm most proud about is actually the CaliCube team. Mm -hmm. And that's relatively recent in the sense that it's an amazing bunch of people team of people who produce amazing work and do it incredibly effectively and efficiently, which I, I really respect effective, effective and efficient. Yeah. Yeah. So, so fundamentally you, you want to start looking at all these people you have and saying, what are the groups that make sense? Right. Okay. So again, for example, a lot of people, they maybe have some marketing staff, so they might have one person running ads, one person writing content, one person doing something else. Mm -hmm. Now, one of those people might end up being the boss of the other two, right? Mm -hmm. So you might turn whoever of those people is most qualified into the marketing manager. Now, and qualified again, in terms of team management or qualified in terms of the work team management, right. team management. So again, unfortunately, sometimes people promote the person who have been there the longest just because of mm -hmm. seniority. That, that is generally not necessarily a great move. Right, so you wanna right. you wanna generally promote the person with the best people management skills, and and the person who is um, in in the best position 
to to effectively manage the people around them, right? Right. And what what are the team management skills that you would identify? Because that for me isn't something very obvious. I mean, I'm rubbish at it because I'm bad at delegating. My first one would be capacity and ability to delegate intelligently. Right. Number one is communication. Ah, okay. <laughs> Got that one wrong if, already. If, if someone communicates extremely well, that is very, very beneficial in a leadership and a management position. All right. So right. the number one thing, there's a lot of really smart people who are really good at doing things by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like if you give them a task, they'll sit down, they'll figure it out, they'll do it, and they'll do it extremely well. The problem is that just because someone is great at doing something doesn't necessarily mean they're great at leading the team doing something. Mm. Now, it doesn't mean they couldn't become that person because people can learn different skills. And people who are, when you look at most like developers, for example, they are not exactly known for great communication skills, right? No. Uh, if you've ever been on the phone with a, com- with a developer, well, you'll never get on a phone with a developer. But if you have outside to communicate to a developer, you will understand that, right? Now, again, some, com- some developers learn how to communicate, right? And uh, which makes them incredibly valuable because like they're one in a billion or something like that if they are actually a great developer and they know how to communicate, um, which, you know, is key. So so for me, the, the key things I look at is, number one is, is good communication. The right. second thing is looking at what does the team need at this point in time, right? right. Okay. So sometimes you have people that, for example, haven't had so much support and care. Well, maybe you want to bring someone in or you want to pick the person who is very good at nurturing other people and, and supporting other people and so on. Maybe people need a bit of an ass-kicking sometimes, and you maybe want to pick someone who's a little bit more assertive and goal-driven, right? So, again, it's good to look at what is it this group of people need at this point in time, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's typically what I tend to look at. But generally, when you look at your company overall, when you recruit people, when you promote people, you want to focus a lot on attitude, uh, morale, um, sort of the, the the values the person hold. Do they match your values, mm-hmm. right? Because you wanna you wanna promote people for the right reasons. So you have a lot of companies where you sometimes have people that perform extremely well, but they're to put it politely, a pain in the ass, right? Or they're mm-hmm. not kind to the people around them, or they're not, uh, <laughs> they're, they're just not the, the people you want, uh, whose values you want to promote in the business, right? right. So, so those are the things that I generally look for when I'm when I'm looking to promote someone internally. So you'd be looking at the, the team leads and saying, these people represent the attitude and the values that I feel is right for my company. Yep. Because okay. fundamentally, here's the thing. If someone manages other people, you're, you're stamping their performance, you're stamping their behavior. Because mm-hmm. if someone gets promoted into a leadership or management role, what happens is fundamentally, you're saying, this is what I want to see, right? So you yeah. want to generally promote someone who's performing. Uh, like you, you don't want to promote someone who's horrible at their job because that doesn't really send the right signal to the rest of the people, right? It's like, oh, if I just do really bad, I'll get promoted, right? So you, you generally want to look for all these things, but fundamentally you want to look for people who are performing well, right? Right. And, and with the hierarchy system, I mean, the great point, and I've taken it all in, I'll watch this again, but how about building that into a team? Because with these kind of, I, I um, report to somebody above me who reports to Jason, 
doesn't that create a situation where it's not a team so much of a, as a kind of structure of hierarchy? Uh, the teams happens within hierarchies. So if you, for example, have one person who manages operation and that person is managing four or five people, they are a team. If you have right. someone managing marketing and there are three or four people, they are a team. So every business fundamentally, when it grows, becomes a, a unit of multiple teams. And then, if, you have a business, if you have a business sorry. of 100 people, that's not one team, right? That, that, that is Ooh. multiple teams. Oh, I was looking at it wrong. So we end up with, you said, the three or four different um, hierarchical silos, let's call them, of yeah. sales and marketing, uh, finance, potentially IT, and what was the other one? Operations. Operations, yeah. And those are the four different teams, each of which has a head, and each of them is a small team. And then how do you bring the, the, the team? Oh, sorry, and the head is responsible for making sure the team makes sense as a team. Yes. And then... How do you bring the teams together as one overall organizational so, team? Uh, fundamentally, that's about communication. So when you're communicating from the top down to an organization, that's all about, one, making sure that the people you have managing the team knows how to communicate. So when you're communicating with the people that reports to you, they can communicate down the way uh, in, the mm -hmm. way they, in the way they feel is correct. So they, it's not about parroting what you say. All right, but it's oh. if you have a meeting with a bunch with four or five people, and you know you say a bunch of things and you share a bunch of stuff and you agree on certain things like priorities or deadlines or whatever, it's the team leader's responsibility to share the things or the manager's responsibility to share the things that he or she feels make sense for the team and help understand translate into the team what does this mean for us. Right. Ooh, right. So what I hear here is what I hear here is I need to delegate communication. It's not about delegate communication, but let, let's say, for example, you say, OK, uh, like let's say you have a team meeting with your marketing operations, uh, everything. You have a team meeting with them all and you say, OK, you know, we're launching a new feature from a marketing standpoint. We want to promote this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. This is the new features. This is the new stuff. This is going to be fantastic. Right. You then give the marketing lead the responsibility of going away and figuring out how we're going to promote this thing. What are the things right. we're going to do to promote it, right? Are we going to run ads? Are we going to do email marketing? Are we like, what are we doing to promote this thing, right? So you set the objective, you set the goal and saying, we have this new feature that needs to be pushed out. It's going to mm -hmm. change the world or it's going to be great. Um, it, the goal is that we either sign up a lot of new clients or we get all our new client or uh, our existing clients to use it or wh whatever the goals of the particular feature is. And then you want them to go away and come back with a plan of saying, okay, this is what we're doing to roll this out. This is what we're doing to launch this. Right. And then right. you basically say, sounds great. And then sometimes that's a goal. Like sometimes you could say, you know, we have spent 10 grand developing this new feature that needs to be life-changing. We need mm -hmm. to bring in X amount of new customers to justify what we have just done, right? So the goal over the next three months is for, from a marketing sales perspective to bring in 50 new customers or whatever, whatever makes sense, right? Right, okay. And, and then with the idea of, for example, a goal and you say, we need to sell X by, let's say, the time we all meet up in the Philippines. Yeah. What happens if we don't reach that goal? 
well, other than a business for, collapse. For, 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 first step is you want to set the, a goal is not just a goal. A goal is a goal with a number and a plan attached to it. So the first right. thing is the person <laughs> needs to go away and say, how are we going to deliver these 50 sales? So we are going to spend X amount on ads and we expect that to bring in X. We're going to spend, you know, send out an email to all existing customers. We expect that to bring in Y. We're going right. to do a new content marketing campaign or be on a lot of podcasts or whatever, we expect that to bring in C. Now, sometimes, and, and you make these estimates, right? Sometimes it goes really well, sometimes it goes not so well. But the whole mm. point is that as soon as you start executing on the tasks and you are, if you're at some point not seeing the return that you expect, you need to look at what else can we do, right? What else mm. do we need to do to achieve this goal? So the whole point is the goal is not just measured at the end of it and saying that we get there, yes, no, uh, and then realize you fail. Again, with a plan, you're making the plan throughout it, and and you're basically making the steps and saying, you know, first step, a week from now, we need to be here. Two weeks from now, we need okay. to be here. A month from now, we need to be here, etc. So you make the plan that gets you to the goal, and you can follow the plan along the way. Now, occasionally, you do miss a goal, right? which happens. Uh, mm -hmm. The question is then, again, when you get to the deadline and say, we missed a goal, you know, there's still a future, but how are we going to make up what we have not achieved? Right. right. Okay. So what I realized from that is, A, I don't plan very well. B, I tend not to set goals. I just think we'll see how it works out. Um, and so I need my team to actually encourage me to set goals and to attach plans to them rather than just say, let's move forward step by step and see what happens. So, so here's the key thing. The, the problem is today you're the one that have to do all the planning because you are the Jason that does everything. Yep. Right? Oops. So what needs to happen is you need to learn to set some goals or work with a team to set some goals, right? But you need to be the goals guy because you are the boss, <laughs> which means you have to set the goals, right? right? They need to come up with a plan. So they need to figure out if someone's responsible for marketing, you know, that challenge is, here's what we want to achieve. How are we going to do it, right? What are the steps we're going to take to get to the goal? Okay, right, okay. New new plan for 2023 is I need to set the goals and um, let the team members define the plan or the, the, the team leads define the plan to get there. And this is exactly what ownership and responsibility is, right? Ooh. This is exactly what ownership and responsibility is. Because the problem is today, when you launch a new feature, you're telling the marketing people, okay, you you write an email, you write this ad, you do this, you do this. And if it's great, great. If it's bad, bad. But it all mm. comes back to you, right? right? The whole point with delegating responsibility and ownership to a team, uh, to, to individuals, is the fact that they are the ones figuring stuff out. Because here's the thing, you're not an expert at operations, marketing, sales, finance, IT, everything. And even if you were, you couldn't be the expert at all of those things at the same time. Right. No, 100%. I've, I've definitely got a lot, to, a lot to be getting on with, one of which is making sure that I've got these well-defined teams and working in that, that system and properly delegating roles and responsibilities and not getting involved in absolutely everything that's going on in the company. Um, I'm also actually talking to David Bain, who was saying to me, I need to become a salesman for the company. Uh, it's my company. If I want sales to come through, I really need to um, accept that responsibility. Uh, would that seem fair to you? I think he's right. 
at, at some point, particularly in smaller companies, that that makes a lot of sense, right? Now, a, again, I, I I'm not a sales guy. I don't do much sales. Uh, I have many companies, and I hire people who are great at it uh, because they're better at it than I am. Uh, so, uh, to some degree, uh, again, for a lot of businesses, right? That that's not a you should do this. It's a question of you know you need to look at what is the financial capacity you have, right? If you have a company, I mean, one of my friends, you know, making a hundred grand profit a month, like he can easily afford to go out and hire a great sales guy, right? Mm. Now, if you're making three grand profit a month, you probably can't afford to go out and hire a top notch sales guy, right? So everything is depending on where the company is, the complexity of what you're doing. Like for example. I just worked with a client a couple of hours ago. I had a call with them, and uh, they were hiring a sales guy for a link building company. Now, there's a lot of people who know what links is. There's a lot of people who are capable of selling links. That doesn't. That means that they don't. It, they don't necessarily have to do it themselves. Now, in the beginning, sales is often done by the business owner, but it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that that is how it always has to be. But obviously, you need to find the right people. You need to give them the right ownership. You need to build up things. But a lot of the time, particularly in small companies, there's uh, people often sort of mistake sales and marketing, right? Uh, sure. That it's not the same thing. And a lot of small business owners, they make sales by networking and by talking to people and all this sort of stuff all the time. Uh, when you're looking at typical sales, that's often like, you know, you're either doing the sort of the cold way, which is often harder, but more effectively as if if you actually have lead generation systems in your marketing funnels that that generate leads that someone needs to talk to, then it's significantly easier being a sales guy. All right. Ooh, well that, sorry, that's just made me think of something uh, to do with the fact that we were looking at the, the kind of people who are visiting the calicube.com website are actually our exact perfect clients a lot of the time. And what we don't have is a way to reach out to them and start talking to them. Uh, we're relying on the website for them to think, looking at the website, oh, I need to work with CaliCube and then contact us. And that doesn't necessarily happen. Do you have a big fat button saying call us here or arrange a call here or? Tell you what, us? we don't, no. <laughs> so yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, message to everybody on the team, we need a big fat button that says call us uh, so that we can work together. Uh, again, I don't, I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like sometimes if people are selling $5 SaaS tools, you know, that might not be feasible to actually speak to every customer. No, no, no. But, but yeah. No, I mean, it does make total sense. We've got a contact us page. We've got some contact forms, but there's no area actually where we've got this big button that says contact us if you want to work with us. Uh, we've got an agency offer. We've got a done-for-you service offer for knowledge panels of brand SERPs, and we've got a consultancy offer, and then the courses which should sell themselves, i.e. we don't need to talk to them. But the other three, it's all about talking to the potential clients. So that big fat button is needed. The team is actually multiple teams that come together to make a hierarchical system of a company with multiple teams who are all going to get together on the beach in Cebu in three or four months' time, thanks to Mad Singers. Thank you so much for that. That was absolutely brilliant. We're going to pass the baton now to next year's guest, as opposed to next week's guest, and it's Tatiana Bono, domain names as brand assets, and she likes the quote from Philip Kotler, if you are not a brand, you are a commodity. And the reason we've got her on first off in 2023 is we're going to change the focus slightly of the podcast to become much more about branding and branding on Google search. 
and she's going to be the perfect person to kick that off in 2023. Please pass the baton, Mads, to from year to year. Yeah, I will. I will uh, hand it over from 2022 to 2023 to Tatiana, and uh, I'm excited to see her input as well. Brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, Mads. Thank you, Anton, for your support during the entire year, week in, week out, always being there. Thank you to WordLift for your support uh, for the last three years, including this year. In fact, Anton's been here for all the three years as well, um, to give him credit where credit's due. Thank you, everyone, for watching. See you in 2023. Goodbye. Goodbye. Cali Cube. It's all about your brand, Serp.